Good morning, my brothers and my sister. Can you hear me? No, huh? I'm all okay here. Testing one, two, one, two, one, two. Yeah. So I, I, I was saying again, good morning to my brothers and sisters. Um, it's a pleasure to be here and to be able to share the word of God with you. Um, something that somebody was saying, I mean, as we were talking, uh, and, and that person is Louis, by saying that he's so excited about the fact that we are entering into, into the new series that we are starting. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. So the question is, are we celebrating the resurrection? Are you continuing to celebrate the resurrection? Um, the couple of last Sundays, we, as a church, intently decided that we will be looking to the question of the resurrection. So we started with the resurrection of Lazarus and what it really meant. And then we went through the entrance of Jesus Christ in, uh, in Jerusalem and also entering in Jerusalem as a king and as a lord. And last Sunday, um, our brother Dave help us to look into the life of three characters. Look how the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ changed the life of these characters. We looked into the life of Mary, we looked into the life of Peter, and we looked even to the life of somebody who was quite doubtful about everything, which reminded me of my brother Louis. Because yesterday he was telling us that in that story I identified myself a lot with Thomas. I doubt, I have, I'm sceptic about many things. So one, 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 one might be wondering why are we doing the book of Acts? Why are we going into the book of Acts? Well, if you've looked to what we've been going through these past Sundays, it's actually very fitted for us to continue to look into the book of Acts. Because we want to, to, sh to show that in effect, and in fact, the resurrection does not stop on, uh, on, on that Sunday, on last Sunday, or the effects of the resurrection doesn't stop on last Sunday, but in fact, it continues. And one of the arguments that I want to make, and I'm sure that we want to, everybody to, to understand as we go through the book of Acts, is that even it touches us today. So Jesus indeed is alive, and one of the key things that we want to, uh, to, to, to take out all the big idea that we want to show through the, the book is that the story of Jesus Christ continues. It continues as him being the risen Lord who works to establish his kingdom and works through the Holy Spirit to enable and assist its followers to embrace the Father's will, which is to go out and to make disciples, to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ from Jerusalem into the end of the earth. And if you have looked as uh, we go to that, uh, uh, that series, it's also to help us, and I said as a church, to see and to understand that not only individually, but as a local congregation, we are part of that history of Jesus Christ, which is continuing 
today in the 21st century, even today in Montreal. So we hope that as going into the book of Acts, as believers individually, but as church, we will be greatly encouraged in the reality of the Lordship of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ, as much as the first Christians were encouraged and boldened to live a faith. There are some key themes that are going to come out throughout the book of Acts. We are going, in fact, to see the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The reality that his lordship is established over all. We're going to look also at the question of the presence and the power that the Holy Spirit brings into the picture. How the gospel grew and grows despite the opposition that were faced everywhere. Not only in Jerusalem, but to the rest of the world. And also the type of community that was being built by the Holy Spirit as lives were touched, changed, and transformed through the faith and belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we will be looking to the first 12 chapters of the book of Acts. Hopefully, I time give us uh, opportunity, we might continue, but the first intent is to look into the first 12th chapter. I'm not going to talk about the first 12th chapter today. These are things that are going to come up throughout the series, and I hope that we'll all be encouraged uh, through all these things. So let's look, let's start by reading our text of today. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostle he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proof that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or day the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and the cloud hid him for their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into the heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Let us pray. As we have sung it, proclaim it, and joyfully rejoice in it, the reality that you are alive, the reality that you are God, that you are king, that you reign over all things. Lord, again, as we 
um, listen together to your word. Uh, we want to pray and ask you that you will teach us again, that you will help us to see the wonders of the things that you have done through your word, that we will be encouraged and as we go, have the full conviction of the reality that you are alive and reigning over every, everything. Thank you. Lead us in this time. Amen. So, the title of the, the, the session and the, the passage that I was given says that the story of Luke continues. It's very interesting for us to notice that as we read the Gospels, we see the Gospel of Luke, and as we enter into that book, we call it the book of the Acts. And uh, a while ago, Nick was saying the Act of the Apostles. It's very, very interesting for us to notice that these books didn't have a title given by the authors. When Luke wrote that collection, he didn't put in it, in, on it the act of the apostles. That tells us something. That tells us something very, very important. That for him, the first volume that he wrote, which we happen to call the Gospel of Luke, and this volume that we are going to look into as a church was meant to be one work overall. I'm reading the book of Josephus, of better to say, the work of Flavius Josephus. Something that is notice, noticeable in that work is that it's divided in many books. Like the stories of, uh, of, uh, of uh, the Jewish people, and then uh, you, have the, um, you have many books within that collection. But overall, the idea of Josephus was to give the history of the Jewish people. Interestingly, one of the first books goes with all the Old Testament. If you take the first book and you take our whole testament, you will see, whoa, it's exactly the same thing. But he took the time to put all these things inside because in his mind, he wanted to show the whole story of, the, of uh, the, the, the people of Israel. So basically, that's basically the same thing that uh, Luke is doing in, uh, in, in, his, in his work. As we look into the first chapters, which is... Um, in that first chapter, verse 1 to 11 today, if there is one big idea that I want us to take as we go home, one fact is the reality that Jesus is alive, that he has entered his glory and will come back. We read the passage, and I would ask us to pay, I want to pay close attention to some verses that are given in the passage. I want to look at how Luke continued the story of Jesus Christ. The reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in verse 3. Jesus promised to fulfill uh, the promise of giving the spirit to the disciples. The kingship of Jesus Christ and the restoration of Israel. And Jesus entering in his glory and the reality that is coming back. And as I do that... 
And also, if you have your Bible close to, uh, to you, I will ask, ask you to have it close to you because I want to parallel the first, the verses I'm, I'm looking to with the last chapter of the book of Luke. Because if we say that the story of Luke continues, we have to put it into the context. And what we have here in, that, in this 11 first verse in Acts chapter 1 actually is in the context in, the, in, the, in how the, chapter, uh, the last chapter of the book of Luke finishes. So this is what he says. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostle he has chosen. And notice how the first verse in first chapter of the book of Luke starts. Many have take, undertaken to draw an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the beginning, from the first, were, witnesses, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. It's clear that the, the, the book is written by, by Luke, as we, we already know. Something that's also very interesting is to say that both volumes was directed to a person, a person known Theophilus. And as Paul's, uh, as Luke stated here, his intent was to confirm to Theophilus about the faith and the fact of, uh, of, that surrounded the faith that he has, he has believed. In his former book, he talked about all that Jesus began to, to do from the day that of John of the day of the baptism of John until the ascension of Jesus Christ. What's interesting, as we look into the book of Luke, we see that it starts even before. He talks about the conception and goes to uh, to the to finish into uh, when Jesus goes to heaven. So we can understand that the first book covers the first 30 years of history of Christianity. The second book, which we are going to study and we are entering into, now covers not the end of the ministry of the work of Jesus Christ, but everything that Jesus will continue to do. Do you get that? The story is not over. It continues. He is going to cover, basically it's roughly, it said that the book of Acts was written around AD 62-65. 70, I mean, before 70, the fall of Jerusalem. It's mostly argued that by 62 AD, he had finished he has the collection. It was edited 
around 64. So if we take 60, uh, 30 after the resurrection, and then we put it into 62, we have 32 years of history that is covered by the book of Acts. That's a lot of history. 70, hist 70 years of history directed to one person, Theophilus. 70 years or 60 years to ground the faith of Theophilus. That tells me a lot. What's interesting <coughs> is that I think we can be all, not to say we are all, in the position, in the place of Theophilus. If you think well, I believe, and I will, I'll say that, less than 1% of all Christians who has lived on the face of the earth has walked with Jesus Christ, talked with Jesus Christ, ate with him, seen him face to face. We were not there on the day of the resurrection. We didn't see him risen from the dead. We had received the word of his resurrection. We had believed. We are exactly in the same position of Theophilus. These 60 years of history are meant to ground us on the faith that we have received. Interestingly, Theophilus means the lover of God. So we can understand that it might have been actually directed to all believers. Looking to the reality of the fact that Jesus is risen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proof that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So we are from the resurrection, the Sunday of the resurrection, 10 days before Pentecost. This is 40 days. 40 days in which Jesus Christ appearing and revealing and talking to the apostles. Why? The disciples needed to be convinced that indeed Christ was alive. When they came back to the tomb, they told, meaning the women, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Johanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to be like nonsense. What kind of things he asked about? He asked, 
About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in the word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests of our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what's more, it is the third day since all these things took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find him, his body. They came and told us that they had seen vision of angel who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, meaning empty, but they did not see him. And our brother Dave, by giving us the picture of the disciple, this free character last Sunday, remind us of the state of mind and heart in which the disciples were. We sometimes, and many people, when we read and we look about the disciples, we find them as simple people. You know, they are simple people, they are not educated, you know, they are uh, ready to believe anything that comes to them. That's normal if they believe that they are Christian, they, I mean, they follow Jesus. No, they were not simple-minded people. They have seen Jesus Christ crucified. They have seen his suffering. They have run away from him, remember. They all went away. None of them stayed. They see him dying on the cross, put into the tomb. They are sad. All their hope is gone. He was the Messiah. He's dead. And somebody comes to them in Sunday morning and said, he's alive, we saw him. No. They had reason not to believe. They had reason not to believe. Because it doesn't make sense. It needs proof. It needs evidence. And the Lord took these 40 days to give them this evidence. Some of the evidence that he gave them was appearances. Mary, Peter, the disciples on Emmaus, the 11th. He showed them the mark of his suffering in his hands. Look, my hands. Look to my side and see that it's me. He ate food with them. Just to let them know that this is not a spiritual, you know, an embodied uh, being that is before you. No, give me food. He ate food with them. He explained the, the, the scripture with them, to them. So it took all this time to give them Full conviction. That's why Luke is saying he gave them convincing proof that he was alive. As we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not called 
to simply come to a blind faith, but to a reasonable, reasonable faith, which is based on consistent evidences and sustained facts and scriptures. That's one of the things that I want us to get. Believing in Christ doesn't ask you or doesn't is not a call for you simply to accept blindly. No. The evidence. What are the evidence? And ground your faith on this evidence. And what Luke is doing is providing through history this evidence to us. So that for us today who did not see Jesus Christ resurrected will have plenty of evidence that the message of the gospel that came to us is indeed reasonable. Jesus promised to give them the Holy Spirit. Do not, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I was very, very uh, found it very interesting as our brother um, um, Medjugo was speaking this morning. That as a soldier is basically on, on guard, on wait. He doesn't know when he will be called on duty, but he has to be ready at all time, every time. I found that very, very interesting. And that was the Lord was asking the disciple, you have work to do, but wait. The Spirit will come on you, and you will be baptized with the Spirit. That was a prophet that God gave in the book of Joel. Afterward, I will pour out my spirit in all people. Your son and daughter will be will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And that promise was to be fulfilled by the Messiah. Nobody else. The Messiah. John answered all to them, saying, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come to the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I myself, I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest, it is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So it was expected that the Messiah will pull out and give the Spirit, uh, accomplish that promise that God has made to all the people of Israel, but to everybody. And the baptism of the Spirit will attest that Jesus indeed will enter into his glory. In John chapter 7, verse 38 and 9, it says exactly that who believes in me, as scripture said, 
streams of living water will flow from within him. He was speaking about the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. For the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So, Jesus entering in his glory, the Spirit coming will be the sign that indeed he has entered into his glory. We are going to look into that Spirit coming in chapter 2 as uh, one of our brothers, a speaker, will be speaking on that, on that question. Essential for us is to know today that promise of the Spirit is for all believers, all who will believe in Christ, englobing not only the fact that we will have the Spirit, but also the experience of having the Spirit in full. In Acts verse 8, the Lord uh, told them, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The disciples had a mission to accomplish and work to do. Their work would be huge, which was to take the message of the good news that Jesus was alive and that forgiveness of sin and salvation was offered to all who believe in his name, everywhere. That God has made him Lord of all and the judge that will judge all people. That's the message that we needed to go and, 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 and preach. But yet, they, didn't, they needed to wait. To wait for the accomplishment of the promise that Jesus was going to bring. As I said, their work will be a great work. They will go to places Jesus himself did not go physically. They will be touching life in a way that Jesus himself, as he was walking with them before his, resurrect, his, his death and resurrection, couldn't do. But they needed for that, to do that. They, not, they need, needed not only the reality and the proof of his resurrection, of his talking with but they needed also the power of his spirit. Meaning that that has to be done depending on the power of God, not on their own uh, human uh, capabilities. This tells me that if the disciples were in that position, we too are in that position too. We too today are witnesses to tell about the truth of the message of Jesus Christ, that forgiveness is offered to all who believe in him, and depending on the race, of the sex, of the age. We live in Montreal, and as far as I know, when I looked at my working environment, the amount of unbelief People don't care much. There is insensitivity. That tells me that there is a need for power, the power of God to break through this amount of unbelief. 
so that people will see the reality of the message of the gospel. Come to Christ and believe. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the fullness of the Holy Spirit that, as we speak, can convince the heart of people. Chapter, uh, verse 6 and 7. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time and day the Father has set by his own authority. Jesus going to heaven was only the proof that he was resurrected, he was king, that he was entering into his glory, but also proving the fact that there is a promise that God has made to restore his kingdom. Remember, the disciple had this in view. They were thinking that, oh, the Messiah is with us. He's going to accomplish that promise. He's going to restore um, uh, the, the kingdom of Israel here now until he was dead. When he died, they were disillusioned by that fact. We hoped that it was him that was going to restore the kingdom, but now he's dead. And even today, Jewish looked at that fact that because he died, he cannot be the one we were waiting for. When Jesus was with them for about 40 days, giving them evidence, once again comes that same question. Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now that you are risen? I mean, we see you now. Are you going to? And his answer is, is not the moment, is not the time. But you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. We're getting close to our time. And what I'm going to do, I just want us to look quickly in verse 9 to 12, the ascension of Jesus Christ. Because I find it very important to at least finish into that, into that section because there is no way to speak about the resurrection without speaking the ascension if we want to have the full picture of who Jesus Christ is. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and the cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going. When Solon, two men dressed in white, stood beside them, men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you in heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus going to heaven meant that indeed he, is, he was really coming from God and going to God as he has said he was. He proved who he was. It also testified that he had been made Lord and judge of, of, of all things. Something that I find very interesting into that verse again is the fact that two angels are the one reminding or telling the disciples what will happen. It's interesting to see how angels are involved in the proclamation of the person of Jesus Christ. 
they were there to announce his conception. They were there to announce his, uh, his resurrection. And now here, to ascertain the reality of the truth that he is coming back. We serve a risen Lord who has not left the church alone, who is still working in his church in the world to continue the spreading of his gospel. And we are part of that good news. As you go home today, look to that fact. As, we, as you look into the circumstances that you will be facing, be reminded that Jesus Christ is alive, is ruling, even in the situation you are in. Let's pray together. I would like us just to sing this song together. He is Lord, he is Lord. He is risen from the dead, yes, he is Lord. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord, he is Lord. He has risen from the dead and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue come that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oui, Jésus Christ est Seigneur. Il est sorti du tombeau, il est Seigneur. Tout genoux fléchira toute langue confessera que Jésus est Seigneur. As we go home today, Lord, we pray that you will help us to live in the reality of the fact that you are Lord. You are still working, that your work is not finished, that you still continue to work by your spirit, through your people in this world. Help us to continue to rely and to fully rely on you even in, in this week, even as we continue to look into that series and fill us with boldness, conviction, as we present the truth of your gospel. Thank you again, and we commit the rest of our Sunday to you. Amen. Brothers, 